0: What's good for some is bad for others, as Shikoku's Tokushima keep hold of top spot by condemning Shikoku's Ehime to bottom. We'll look at this weekend's crucial derby fixture and round up all of the latest action from the J1 in this week's episode of Japan Soccer Weekly. First things first then, everyone, and that has to be the J2 this time. Fans of exciting and tense title races will be very disappointed with the top league this season, but a quick glance at the second division will tell you that football in Japan can still offer you this. As mentioned in the introduction then, Top Dogs Tokushima Vortis, who play in Shikoku's Naruto City, far into the east of the prefecture, invited their closest Shikoku rivals Ehime FC from all the way over in Matsuyama City, to put a stop to their run. Both teams under a lot of pressure but for very different reasons, as Tokushima were fighting to keep hold of top spot, whereas Ehime are desperate to pick themselves off the bottom of the league. A goal from Yuki Kakita in the first half, followed by a second half own goal by Ehime, were enough to give Tokushima a comfortable 2-0 home victory though, and condemn their opponents to dead last. This was Ehime's first loss in five games but ultimately that run has seen a lot of draws collecting one point each time and Ehime will be really keen to snag another victory soon. They take on 8th place Tokyo Verde next who themselves are in a bit of a rough run at the moment so that's a match to keep an eye on. Before we congratulate Tokushima it's worth mentioning the bottom chunk of this table which is packed full of five teams each within reach of each other. Just two points currently separating Ehime, Gunma, Yamaguchi, Yamaga SC and Ryukyu. Then we have a gap of six points until the wonderfully, wonderfully named Jeff United and the league packs itself up again with an all-out melee going on in the middle of the table at the moment. It may not be good for the nerves of these fans but for the neutrals who are really wanting a competitive league to follow look no further than the J2. The same can actually be said for the top also, where Tokushima, despite their victory, are still only two points clear of the unstoppable Fukuoka. This weekend's victory gave Fukuoka their 10th straight victory, and they are a team on the march. Looking at the fixture list too, many of those teams I mentioned before in the bottom cluster of the table are still to play Fukuoka, so their upcoming fixture list actually looks quite favourable. Incidentally... If we're looking for a narrative here the last game of the season will see Tokushima vortis play avispa fukuoka and that would be an amazing fixture if these two are still neck and neck by that time unfortunately the same excitement can't currently be said for the top of j1 but you still have to admire kawasaki's resolve as they were again unwavering in their relentless march towards the title 15 points ahead already And I wonder what the record is for the earliest team to have sewn up the title. A quick jingle then, and we'll get into all of the action from the J1. Here we go then, and let's not start with the leaders frontale, but with fourth-placed Gamba Osaka. Arguably, this weekend belonged to them, as they beat FC Tokyo 1-0. They have now won 6 on the trot and landed themselves just 3 points behind 2nd place FC Tokyo, but more importantly, they have 3 games in hand on them, potentially meaning Gamba Osaka are much more likely rivals to Kawasaki than those immediately below the leaders. 3rd place Seresto Osaka suffered a 2nd straight defeat, losing to Nagoya thanks to a goal from Castro in the 91st minute. With a game in hand on Sureso Osaka and a better goal difference, Nagaya can actually jump ahead of them into third if they take three points from the match in hand. Once again, trying to fathom how this table will work itself out once all of these games in hand have been played is really interesting but also really misleading. Definitely just taking the table at face value right now is not so helpful to getting you to be able to understand where each team sits and it can lead to some confusion. So far, we've talked about 1-0 victories from the weekend. So now let's move on to what we all want. Goals, goals, goals. Seven of them to be precise. And we can't talk about goals without mentioning the machine that is Olunga. His unbelievable tally keeps rising as he secured another brace this weekend, taking his total to 21 goals for the season. Ataru Esaka added another two for Reisol, who saw off a late comeback to claim a thrilling 4-3 victory against Bissel Kobe. A great result for Kashua Raysol, who must have been panicking slightly following a near collapse in the final 30 minutes. Leading 3-0 at half time, Esaka added his second goal to give Kashua a 4-0 lead over their opponents. However, two goals from Tanaka in the 60th minute and the 75th minute brought the game back to life. Three minutes from time, saw Iniesta slot home a penalty and made for an extremely nervous end to the match for the hosts. Kobe ultimately fell short of a miraculous comeback, but not before Takahashi saw red for the hosts, who took all three points but might be reflecting what was ultimately a pretty disastrous second half. More goals were to be had in the match between Yokohama Marinos and Oita Trinita. A blistering second half from the Marinos and a brace from Eric saw them demolish this Trinita side by four goals to nil. The other side from Yokohama didn't fare quite so well, unfortunately, though, despite leading 2 nil against Kashima Antlers within 13 minutes. Everaldo pulled a goal back in the 58th minute and Yokohama had ultimately looked like they were happy to try shut down the match and play out the rest of this game for a 2-1 victory. That was not to be the case however as an own goal in the 88th minute made it 2 all, and Kei Koizumi confirmed the misery by popping up in the 92nd minute to seal victory for Kashima. A great result for them and a big disappointment actually for Yokohama FC, who will be hurting from throwing away a chance to put a little bit more breathing room between them and the group at the bottom. Not that they have to worry too much, however, as Shonen Balmare considered, uh, continued their dreadful run of form as of late, losing 2-1 to Considale Sapporo. This was Sapporo's first win in five, and a real kick for bottom of the league Belmare. Down at the bottom of with them, of course, are Shimizu Espuls, who again lost at home, this time going down two goals to three against Sanfri's Hiroshima. Shimizu, however, put in a decent performance, and the score doesn't really reflect the reality here. With more possession than Hiroshima, Shimizu passed the ball around nicely and peppered the Hiroshima goal with 15 shots in total, scoring two of the six that were on target. It was too little too late, however, as Goto's goal in the 86th minute wasn't enough to rescue a point for them. Things looking quite bleak for S-Pulse right now, but their spirited performance shows that they're still fighting and we might see them pick up some points soon. Hopefully, we can see at least a few more spirited displays like that. I believe that only leaves Udawa Reds against Sagantosu then to mention, and what a week it was for fans of late goals, with the Reds, who are on a very bad run of form, managed to score the only goal in this game in the 93rd minute. Harsh on Tosu who now have no wins in 4 and lie in 15th place. And that's it for a very quick roundup then. After the break, I want to quickly mention Japan's young rising star Nakai and and why you want to keep an eye out for him. Recently then, The UK's Guardian newspaper released their next generation 2020, 60 of the best young talents in world football. The Guardian is actually fantastic for this type of stuff, and their coverage of young players and scouting of up-and-coming talent is really something they put a lot of effort into behind the scenes. I'm going to pull a direct quote from the article itself here, and they say that Takahiro Nakai's precocious ball skills came to the attention of the internet. Japanese television and one of La Liga's grandest clubs when he was still at elementary school. Videos of Nakai bewildering his contemporaries with Quicksilver dribbling skills went viral when he was just seven, and he was then invited to take part in a Japanese training camp hosted by Real in 2012, and invited for trials a year later. His technique, ball retention, vision, and all-round quality impressed coaches enough for the young midfielder to officially join the club shortly before his 11th birthday in 2014. So that's a quick snippet from the article itself. And it's worth mentioning, it hasn't all been smooth sailing for him, however. Uh, his nicknamed Pippi due to his tendency in the early days to have a few tears every now and again because he struggled to adapt to his new surroundings at first. However, at 16, as he's growing up, he was called into Real Madrid's under-19 squad, the youngest player to do so, and continued to impress with his progression. He's now on loan at Villarreal, and it may be a name to uh, to keep an eye out for in future, as there's a lot of people who are scouting him to do really well in the coming seasons. In other news, and the last story for today... You may have noticed some impressive news coming out around Blaublitz Akita's phenomenal run at the moment, breaking records spanning all of the J-leagues. So their away victory at the weekend saw them reach a total of 20 games undefeated. They're currently on a run of 15 wins and 5 draws. They haven't lost once since the season restart, so this is a new J-league record and a huge achievement. In addition to that, their defeat of soreso's under-23 team this weekend in the J3 league means that bottom of the league, Kamatamari Sanaki Sanuki, are almost, almost within touching distance of another team for the first time in what seems like forever, giving hope to one of the league's least fancied teams. All of which brings us to the end of this week's episode then, and seemingly to another record being broken – that is Japan's Soccer Weekly successfully stringing together three consecutive episodes. Unbelievable ground here for me, and even with microphone problems, so I'm rush recording this one completely, having kind of made, found a workaround for it. Um, but yeah, I've never reached three in a row, so next week I promise I will try and make it four, and you never know, maybe even one day reach the dizzying heights of becoming a genuine podcast. Slowly but surely, we are getting there. For now though, have a great week, keep an eye on the midweek fixtures and I will be back next week with another roundup and all the latest news from Japan's J-Leagues with Japan Soccer Weekly.